Welcome to the World Beyond the Tale, the Page Day American Gods podcast. I'm your host, James, and today we're reading page 239. Shadow paid for his own breakfast and over Chad Mulligan's half-hearted protests, both hot chocolates. Henning's Farm and Home was a warehouse-sized building on the south of the town that sold everything from tractors to toys. The toys, along with the Christmas ornaments, were already on sale. The store was bustling with post-Christmas shoppers. Shadow recognized the younger of the girls who had sat in front of him on the bus. She was trailing after her parents. He waved at her, and she gave him a hesitant, blue-rubber-banded smile. Shadow wondered idly what she'd look like in ten years' time. Probably as beautiful as the girl at the Henning's Farm and Home checkout counter, who scanned in his purchases with a chattering handheld gun, capable, Shadow had no doubt, of ringing up a tractor if someone drove it through. Ten pairs of long underwear, said the girl. Stocking up, huh? She looked like a movie starlet. Shadow felt fourteen again, and tongue-tied and foolish. He said nothing while she rang up the thermal boots, the gloves, the sweaters, and the goose-down-filled coat. He had no wish to put the credit card that Wednesday had given him to the test, not with Chief of Police Mulligan standing helpfully beside him, so he paid for everything in cash. Then he took his bags into the men's restroom and came out wearing many of his purchases. "'Looking good, big fella,' said Mulligan. "'At least I'm warm,' said Shadow, and outside in the parking lot, although the wind burned cold on the skin of his face— the rest of him was warm enough. At Mulligan's invitation, he put his shopping bags in the back of the police car and rode in the passenger seat in the front. So what do you do, Mr. Ainsel? said the chief of police. Big guy like you, what's your profession, and will you be practicing it in Lakeside? Shadow's heart began to pound, but his voice was steady. I work for my uncle. He buys and sells stuff all over the country. I just do the heavy lifting. Does he pay well? I'm family. He knows I'm not going to rip him off, and I'm learning. And that's our page. And here's the page I've been dreading since I remembered it happened maybe six months ago. I didn't remember when it happened exactly, but I knew it was coming. Shadow wondered idly what she'd look like in ten years' time is perhaps... It's one of the grossest things of the novel to me. Not maybe as gross as Wednesday using magic to have sex with an underage girl. To rape an underage girl. Let's call a spade a spade here. But... It's still, it's just, the girl's like 14, 15 maybe, and in 10 years' time, she'll be 24, and Shadow will be, what, 42? Age is just a number and all that, but just this way of looking at her is really gross. And I think pairing it with probably as beautiful as the girl at Henning's Farm and Home checkout counter is not great. And it just feels like a, a really terrible pair of lines for a 32-year-old person to think, even in a novel. I've also considered that I've been looking too deeply into this, and it's not as gross and off-putting to other people as it is to me, but I don't know. I'm, I'm willing to reconsider it, but it's not overtly sexual, but it's got this male gaze quality, and as someone who works to subvert his male gaze regularly, it doesn't make me like Shadow much in this moment. At the same time, I can relate to being floored by a attractive person in the retail sector or the service sector, or the, the subsequent thick-tongued sort of not able to have a normal, reasonable conversation feeling. But to preface it with the comments about a 14, 15-year-old girl is just, ugh. What's relatable, though, is Shadow being concerned with being warm more than being fashionable. I don't know if I was ever particularly fashionable at any point in my life, but I do know that there were plenty of times where I thought I was and 
certainly valued that appearance over comfort and warmth. Ah, youth. Stupid, stupid youth. Chad gets into a more interrogational sort of tone here. Just the way he asks Shadow as Mike about his profession, comments on Shadow's size, it all seems like a fairly big shift in tone from how he's talked to Shadow up to this point. Not entirely, but it seems like he's more on the police chief side of things than the than the welcome wagon guy he was just a little bit ago. It seems like he's one bad answer away from calling Shadow boy and running him out of town. But Shadow's already falling into the Mike Ainsel character like he did Andy Haddock or... I mean, anyone else that he's had to put on throughout the novel. I guess my main question, if I was a suspicious chief of police, would be that if Shadow's uncle does business all around the country, wouldn't Mike want to be more accessible by being closer to a major metropolitan area with, you know, an airport? Maybe it comes up on a later page, but it just if you're working everywhere across the country, you got to have a way to get everywhere in the country without having to drive like two or three hours to the closest airport. I don't know. Let's flip the page and see if it comes up there. Spoiler alert, it doesn't. Get in touch with the show at theworldbeyondthetail at gmail.com and on Twitter at worldbeyondpod. Thank you to Julian Granganage for the use of his version of St. James Infirmary Blues as the show's theme. And thank you for listening. I'll be back tomorrow with another page. And remember, only the gods are real.